Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. There's a brand new website causing a lot of trouble for people with something to hide. Have you ever had a bad feeling about somebody? Suspected a partner of cheating? Worried about your online reputation? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you may need Truthfinder. Truthfinder may reveal court records, bankruptcies, contact information, social, dating profiles, assets, and a lot more. You get it all in one easy-to-read report. Why fork out thousands of dollars to a private eye when you can do the job yourself? Go to truthfinder.com nancy and enter any name to get started. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. Imagine your little girl goes missing and you search and you search and you cry and you pray and you search and you cry and you pray and the years pass and you know nothing. And every day you wake up and and wonder, will this be the day? And maybe a day passes that you don't think about it and beat yourself up because you didn't think about it the day before. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. That's the living hell that multiple families are going through right now. And they are waking up to the awful discovery that up to seven little girls appear to be buried in a serial killer's burial grounds on a farm where police have now started digging for the remains of a 12-year-old girl missing since 1979. How did it go undiscovered? How did this guy go undetected for so long? As you hear my words, digging is taking place on a Michigan farm. We do have, as you know, probable cause to believe that this is a grave site. No question about it that Kimberly King and other young female victims who were murdered are buried here. And we believe we have a suspect, and you know who that suspect is. He's already been convicted. He's in prison. Uh, We were hoping that we'd get a little more cooperation from him. But we're going to do our jobs as far as law enforcement. Uh, This search could last up to two, three, four, five days. Whatever it takes, we're going to do it. Uh, We're very cautiously optimistic that we're going to, unfortunately, Fine remains, 
But the key issue here as far as what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring closure, trying to bring closure to the families families of the victims. That's the key here. Straight out to John Limley, Crime Online investigative reporter, joining me along with Chicago psychologist Dr. Tiffany Sanders and forensics expert Karen Smith and, of course, Alan the Duke. Duke joining me out of L.A. Jackie Howard here in the studio. John Limley, I'm overwhelmed that authorities believe that there are at least Seven little girls buried on this Michigan farm, a now vacant farm. What do we know? Actually, hold on, John Limley. I want you to listen to to what we have gotten our mitts on. This is one of the little girl's father talking about the day his little girl, Cindy Zarziki, goes missing. Probably about 5, 6 o'clock. It was dinner time and for dinner, and um, she wasn't around. And What'd you do? I went to the police station, and they told me that um, I had to wait 24 hours to file a report. She should have been home. She's not home. Now we're calling friends, trying to find out where she's at. We went to, like, um, the different parks, and, and there was a carnival and, and not far away, and so we went to different places looking for her. What do you think? She maybe got hurt? She's in a hospital somewhere? I, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I, I mean, anything bad wasn't even in the picture. So it was still, boy, is she going to get a talking to when she comes home? Yeah. And, and, and I figured she'd be home. That is a father. That is Cindy's father when Cindy first goes missing from our friends at NBC Dateline. But now take a listen to... Cindy's mother as well. At that point, we were still hoping that she had just spent the night at somebody's house. And I remember my mom coming into the room and saying, do you know where Cindy is? She said, if you know anything, you better spill it. Now, your 13-year-old self, are you wondering where she is? I was concerned right right away, yeah. You didn't hear about that in East Detroit. You heard about it in, you know, other states. And so when you're 13, you think you're untouchable. It was panic. You knew that there was some, something wrong. I mean, it's not like Jaws where you got the little music going and you know there's something. It's, we're just making them out of a molehill. It'll be over. We'll find her. Everything will be all right. To Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, that's what people tell themselves when they want to believe everything will be all right. But Cindy had never gone missing before. She was a great student. Uh, very well behaved. They knew something was wrong, Dr. Tiffany, and it breaks my heart. Police told them they had to wait 24 hours before they could report her missing because that's the critical time where you can save someone, a child's life. Wow, Nancy, uh, my heart breaks listening to those recordings. And, and they, of course, they knew. But, you know, when you think about the five stages of grief, the very first stage is denial. So they're denying what likely is the truth, that something unfortunate happened to their daughter and their sister. And, and when you think about this man who uh, Cindy trusted, she probably didn't even think anything was going to be happening to her. She just thought, probably thought it was an innocuous interaction, and he took advantage of her. So her family likely has gone through all those stages of grief, from, from denial to depression to anger to bargaining with God, like, please let our child be okay, let our sister be okay, and to that final stage of acceptance. And it's very unfortunate, and, I, and I'm so happy that they're likely getting the closure they need. It's so hard for them to get to that point because for so long, she's missing years past and they don't know what happened to her. Back to you, John Lindley. Let's take it from the beginning. What focused police on this vacant Michigan farm? Tell me about the disappearance of the girls. There's so many, and I predict there are going to be more. Well, we could begin with the specifics of Cindy's case, and then we'll go back in time. Uh, Cindy a Sunday morning, not in the middle of the night sometime, tells her father that she's going to Dairy Queen, where she's going to meet some friends, and then they're going to walk to church. Now, this was a lie. She was actually intending to meet her boyfriend, Scott Ream. At least, that's what she thinks she's doing. When Cindy arrives at the Dairy Queen, Scott's not there, but his dad, Arthur, is. 
he tells her that he's met her there so that they can plan a surprise birthday party for Scott. After that, no Cindy. She's not seen anywhere. It's not long, though, before police do hone in on Arthur. Uh, shortly after Cindy's appearance, Arthur is thrown in prison for sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl, and this really shines the spotlight on him. The remains of a 12-year-old girl missing for years may be buried at a vacant Michigan farm. Police now believe is a graveyard, a burial site for many, many other girls. Police now digging on a remote property, and it's in Warren, Warren, Michigan. The Warren Police Commissioner, uh, Bill Dwyer, says that he believes there are many others buried there. They say they've got probable cause to believe Kimberly is buried there and that there are other girls. He did not give the names of the other missing girls. Now, Kimberly was reported missing from the same area uh, around 1979-80. She was staying with her grandparents that night. Nothing. What can you tell me about this guy, Arthur Ream, John Limley? Well, uh Arthur has admitting ha, has admitted since that uh, first 1986 arrest uh, for sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl to having a fetish for teenage girls. Uh, detectives, therefore, uh, were very suspicious of Art when it came to some other cases that had big question marks by them. Uh, you know, a lot of these cases had been treated as runaways because there was there were never bodies found. Uh, Cindy's case was finally reopened when investigators interviewed Arthur Ream. Uh, they said his behavior was rather telling because when they first confronted him, he didn't ask why they wanted to talk to him. Uh, he just said, I knew this day would come. It's very odd. He said, I knew this day would come. You know, I don't understand something, John Limley, why there was not a full-on search for these girls when they go missing. And it's very upsetting that they were just discounted as runaways. That's one thing investigators have not been able to understand because they're picking up the pieces left behind by investigators from decades ago. And it's not sure they're not sure if there just wasn't enough suspicion to think that there really had been foul play or who knows, maybe personnel time was just under crunch uh, at that at that moment. And they didn't have the time to cover the cases. Here's another bizarre fact. Now, John Limley has detailed how apparently Reem lured the one girl claiming that they were going to set up her little boyfriend's, I mean, she's like 13, her little boyfriend's birthday party at a Dairy Queen. But what he really does is lure her out under the pretense of a surprise birthday party for her little boyfriend his son, so she trusted him, he rapes and kills her. So that's how that went down. And that is why she lied to her parents. At first, it sounds bad that she says she was going to this place. What she was really going to do was set up a little surprise birthday party at the local Dairy Queen. I remember growing up, that was the closest thing to us. A Dairy Queen. We had to drive 25 minutes to get to that. That was the big thing, to go to Dairy Queen. So... As John Limley is telling us, the alleged perp, Reams, did not ask why cops were there. Just said, I knew this day would come. Now, here's the thing about the son. Scott, Reams' son, and Cindy's then little boyfriend was killed in a 1994 drunk driving incident. He wasn't drinking. A drunk driver killed him. Now, in the hopes of getting who they believe to be a serial killer, Reem, to reveal where Cindy's body is. The cops take Reem to his son's grave, and they let him lay flowers there. And they say, you've got your son's body to bury. Why can't Cindy's family, the Zarzikis, have that same 
peace. And according to them, Reem just shakes his head and goes, that's a low blow. But then he makes an offer to show investigators where Cindy's body is, where it was buried. He draws a map of some land in Macomb Township that some of his friends owned. And the map was way too difficult to understand, so he was actually taken to where he's being held. He's taken from there to where the map shows the body will be. Seven hours passed. The investigators found nothing. Okay? Even landowners nearby were helping to dig. Okay? They were all digging. And then they see a purse, a purse in the dirt and a human leg next to shoes. And they all belong to little Cindy. Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, I cannot even imagine that moment. You're out there digging and you see a purse in shoes and a human leg. Wow. Yeah, I, I would be totally frightened. I don't even like scary movies. So the mat, just, just the thought of seeing someone's leg, someone's helpless body poking out of the ground, those images can be seared in our minds forever. They're so emotionally charged, and it can cause whoever stumbled upon that person to, to experience their own sort of traumatic response. So we've got to think about those who are, who are digging and putting themselves out there to help rescue this little girl or find her body they're likely dealing with some emotional backlash from that incident. Well, that set the whole thing off, all right? And from that location, we now believe that there are multiple little girls' bodies. We are on the trail of a serial killer, according to many, and he's got a lot to be worried about right now because after the innovation in detective work in the Golden State Killer case where... DNA from a long-ago murder and rape case was used and put into a site like Ancestry.com. Through familial DNA, the Golden State Killer was caught. Now, if this guy is the right guy, DNA on these little girls' bodies, if it still exists, if they're not totally skeletonized, which they may be, can be matched up on genealogical websites through familial DNA, and possibly tie him to other murders. Now that he is in custody, a search warrant can be conducted on him. It's called a buccal swab. You put something like a really long Q-tip into somebody's mouth and get their saliva. Now that he's a suspect, even if there's not DNA left on the girls' bodies, that saliva can be put in a genealogical website to see all of the websites to see if he is connected to any other crimes see his dna can be put in the dna database it can be used in so many different ways to possibly link him to other murders of little girls but right now hey why are we talking about it we've got it from the horse's mouth wdiv had a hidden camera on Ream in a prison interview with a detective. Listen. Years ago, I wouldn't even talk to you. Art Ream, convicted murderer, has no idea he's on Rescue 4 Hidden Camera. Oh, I never give up on myself. I'm just saying that, you know, my life is over. Ream killed 13-year-old Cindy Zarzicki, kidnapping her from this East Point Dairy Queen. That's just like with Cindy. You know, the, the, the next day, you know, I know what I did was wrong. Reem will now die in prison, but this murderer is hiding a secret, holding Cindy's family hostage. I can't make up for the wrong I've done. Reem knows just where Cindy is buried, and he knows family and police want the answer. Reem contacts officers saying he has information to share. You ever have nightmares? Go ahead. You can't see gotta have some mind. The decision on how to unlock the secret falls on the shoulders of these two men, Inspector John Calabrese and Detective Derek Mack McLaughlin. So what would you do? You want that secret. You know the answer would bring one family some comfort, a little bit of relief from excruciating pain. 
Do you beg, plead with Art Ream? Do you threaten him to get the information? Inspector Calabrese does just the opposite. He tells Mac to act like he just doesn't care, like it's not important. With Rescue 4 hidden cameras rolling, Mac puts on his best poker face. He strolls into the Macomb Correctional Facility, ready to bluff. When Reem rambles on, Mac puts all the chips on the table. He tells the murderer, it's not important to know where Cindy is buried. Everyone already has closure. Reem gets angry. I walk out of here right now. So you really don't care what happened? I don't have closure, so how the hell can they have closure? But Calabrese is confident. Reem erupts because the killer senses the only card he has to bargain with is no longer important. Calabrese tells Mac not to worry. Reem craves attention and he will be back. Just days later, Mac gets word. Reem is ready to talk. All right, how you doing? All right, let's see. With Rescue 4 hidden cameras rolling, Reem starts to explain his map, describing how he buried the 13-year-old. All well, she had to do was go up North Avenue. And it's right there. <laughs> now, did you go pretty deep or... Reem gets specific about Cindy's clothing and accessories. Was she wearing the purse? Yeah. Just put her in the hole and then put her coat over. Did you position the body in a certain way in the hole? With Reem talking, it seems as if the police gamble is paying off. Hands crossed in any way? But remember, this is no game. What really matters is not that Reem is talking, but if he's telling the truth and if police can find Cindy. And he said that the bridge was like right in here. Just days after this hidden camera confession, Calabrese, Mac, and other police officers uncover Reem's 22-year-old secret, the bones of little Cindy. Happy for the family that uh, we can hopefully put give the family a lot of closure. Buried exactly how Reem described, face up with her purse on her chest and a jacket nearby. It's a bittersweet moment for Cindy's family, whose search has come to an end. They had no idea if Cindy was dead or alive for more than two decades. We want to make sure we place her um, at rest. She is at rest and not where somebody left. Karen Smith, he makes me sick because he's talking about his life is over, how he's suffering because he's been caught, how he's suffered because of what he did, the guilt over killing Cindy. But there's so many others. He kept doing it. I mean, why is he talking about his pain and suffering? Oh, it's so typical, Nancy, the narcissism, and it's all me, me, me. You know, this is just so typical of, of these predators, of these you know, people who prey on the helpless children in our society. It's all about me and, and what I'm going through. Well, let's talk about the families and what those little girls went through. And, you know, my prayers right now are that investigators are able to find the remains of these little girls that have been missing for decades and give these families some closure. I don't know if they'll be able to break this Arthur Ream guy and have him go back to the scene and maybe point out where he's put these other bodies. But that sure would be a help at this point because investigators have their work cut out for them. This guy, a master manipulator, tricking this little girl into telling her he was planning a surprise birthday party for his son because the little girl had been dating his son at the time of her disappearance. Well, as much as 13 or 14-year-old little kids can date, I guess that means holding hand at the, in the movie theater when their parents drop them off. So he used his own son as bait, okay? Uh, from that, police have continued digging to Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, A, I'm very interested in his narcissism, that it's all about him and how he's suffering now. But also, police say he is a control freak. What does that mean to you? Well, it seems like he uh, uses manipulation to get what he wants. So he, you know, controls the circumstances to his benefit, uh, exploiting uh, young people, including his own son. He probably, uh, you know, 
got information from his young son to to create this situation for the the young girl to come visit and go to the ice cream shop and not thinking she was going to that, that was going to be her last day on this face of this earth so he's controlling he's narcissistic he thinks about himself he has this grandiose idea that you know he he he's entitled to these young girls what makes you think you're entitled? You're a grown man. Go after a woman and date her like everybody else tends to date and, and marry. So this man is obviously sick. He needs, well, he, he really needed help, but he, he's in the best place he could be, which is behind bars. Man, he can really lie, Dr. Tiffany, because he came up with some yarn about the little girl had fallen off an elevator and that they buried her. That's such a lie because none of her bones reveal reveal any breakage, fracture, nothing. I mean, can you imagine after all these years, the family finally having closure and not in a good way? To John Limley, Crime Online investigative reporter, how are the girls similar, the seven that they think are buried? And, of course, I predict there will be more. Who are they? How are they similar? Well, one that uh, investigators are really focused and they're hoping that they're going to be able to find her is uh, Kimberly King, this girl that's been missing since September of 1979. She was staying with her grandparents that night. Uh, she wanted to go to a movie with a her older sister. She was trying to pack in a lot that night. Uh, she also uh, snuck out of uh, a sleepover that same night through a bedroom window, and she went to hang out in, this is again, Warren, Michigan, close to Lake St. Clair. Uh, she went to Warren's cruising spot. Now, around 11 that night, she calls one of her sisters, Connie, from a payphone that's not far at all from her grandparents' house. Uh, Connie tells her to go back to Annie's, that it's too late to be out for a 12-year-old to be running around town. It's not really known what happens next, but we do know that late uh, this late-night payphone call to her sister would be the last time that any of Kimberly's family or friends would ever talk with her. And this is just one of the cases that may be tied to these woods in this uh, farmland. Oh, can you imagine finding out your little girl is buried out there after years of wondering if she just ran away and is living somewhere away from you? That would be just awful then to find out she was actually dead. And there's no doubt that he raped them in my mind because there are other victims that we know of. This guy, Arthur Raymond, already served hard time for a child sex offense in Shelby Township. And, and that was in 75. And then again in 98 for a case out of Gladwin County. Both of them child sex offenses. Why was he even out is my question. Four other women have come forward now claiming they were assaulted by him when they were younger and and nothing happened i i just i don't understand it there's this huge line of victims and now it's resulting because he kept getting out getting out getting out on child sex offenses we now know he has committed murder on these children a very disturbing past for arthur reem and I, I'm stunned, Karen Smith, that he had all these offenses and he wasn't kept behind bars, Karen. Isn't that typical, Nancy? You know, these guys rely on a broken system to go out and keep reoffending and keep reoffending. And that's what apparently happened here with Arthur Reed. As soon as he got out, he went right back to his old behaviors, his old MOs, trolling for these little girls. And, you know, you said that there's probably more bodies in the woods, and I agree with you 100%. We're not going to stop at seven. There's going to be more. Well, here's the other thing. You know, there's no death penalty in Michigan. So this guy can rape as many children as he wants to and murder as many children as he wanted to. And he will get no more than anybody else that pulled a gun and shot somebody in a bar. Okay? That's how this is going to go down. That is how this is going to go down, and the whole thing is just so disturbing to me. Uh, up to seven girls, six to seven girls, we believe, are buried at a Macomb Township burial site by a guy 
who had repeated convictions for child sex attacks, Arthur Ream. Police now searching the woods. It's a, a little bit north of Detroit for bodies of these young girls. How are they doing it, Karen Smith? You're the forensics expert. How are they going about? I mean, you go out to a completely wooded area. It's all overgrown with trees, with fallen trees, with underbrush. How do you do it? Well, to say that this is going to be a, a complex undertaking would be an understatement, Nancy. You know, at this point, we have advanced technology. We have ground-penetrating radars. We have cadaver dogs. Aerial photography can show differences in the land and how it's laid out and maybe differences in the soil uh, areas that they haven't looked at before. And the problem is, if they uncover one body, they have to individualize that body because now we're dealing with multiple victims. So it's not just a matter of uncovering a skeletal remains. It's a matter of doing age, sex, ancestry, stature, and then doing the individual characteristics to identify that child as the victim they were looking for. They may uncover a body they weren't expecting. It's going to make it so much more complex and so much more difficult. You know, as freaky Dr. Tiffany Sanders, Chicago psychologist, on another note regarding this perv, Arthur Ream, who was, P.S., doing another jail term on uh, a child sex attack. I don't know how many of those he's got. But, Dr. Tiffany, this guy once had a family. Okay, somewhere out there, there is a wife who knows everything about this guy if we can find her and he passed for normal because he, he looked like he was a typical all, or looked like he had a typical all-american family wife children probably involved in the community but you know when you have an intimate partner a husband or a spouse or wife you you tend to know them very well so i i want to ask her if i had the chance to say were there some suspicious things about his behavior when he would come home um did he have any sort of marks on him did he uh you know have any sort of uh vices or uh, fantasies that you thought were kind of weird and, and unusual because if your partner knows you well you can pick up on those things but I, you know sometimes uh, you know some people turn a blind eye and 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 in this case I, it could have possibly happened but that is very unusual to have a wonderful beautiful family but you're going out and you're targeting these unsuspecting 13 uh, 12 13 14 year old girls disgusting for the longest time there was hope Cindy Zarziki was alive there there were alleged sightings of her in Florida, across the Southwest and the South. Finally, eight years after she goes missing, she was pronounced dead, but her family never had a body to bury. That ended when she was finally found on this Macomb County tract of land. Now, there are other families waiting in line, wondering if their child will be the next to be Uncovered and identified a victim of Arthur Ream. Police burning the midnight oil looking for more bodies of little girls. Listen. We do have, as you know, probable cause to believe that this is a grave site. No question about it. That Kimberly King and other young female victims who were murdered are buried here. And we believe we have a suspect, and you know who that suspect is. He's already been convicted, he's in prison. Uh, we were hoping that we'd get a little more cooperation from him, but we're going to do our jobs as far as law enforcement. Uh, this search could last up to two, three, four, five days, whatever it takes, we're going to do it. Uh, we're very cautiously optimistic that we're going to, unfortunately, find remains. But the key issue here as far as what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring closure, trying to bring closure to the families families of the victims that's the key here the search goes on there's a brand new website causing a lot of trouble for people with something to hide have you ever had a bad feeling about somebody maybe suspected your partner's cheating maybe worried about your online reputation if you answer yes to any of those questions you may need truth finder public records are only recently easily available online before websites like TruthFinder, you'd most likely have to visit a courthouse to get that information. Now, it's as simple as entering a name. 
Truthfinder sifts through millions of public records from all over the country, assembling them into one easy-to-read report. Search the names of somebody you know. You could find criminal and arrest records, bankruptcies, contact information, social, dating profiles, financial assets, and a lot more. Why fork out thousands to a private investigator when you can do the job yourself? Everybody you know has something to hide. Now you can root out the most dangerous people before you become the next victim. It's not just used to bust bad people. Truthfinder helps Americans reunite with friends, family, even people who served with them in the military. It's never been so easy to find the truth. Go to truthfinder.com slash Nancy and enter any name to get started. My message to those responsible, simply this. We will find you. We will knock on every door, talk to every witness, watch every piece of video, and analyze every piece of evidence. Believe me, you will not get away with this. And now to Chicago, an ATF agent gunned down a nationwide manhunt for the cop shooter. Right now, we are learning in the last hours a takedown. Joining me right now, John Limley, Crime Online investigative reporter. What do we know? First of all, let's start with the shooting. For those of you that don't know about the ATF agent gunned down in the line of duty, start at the beginning, John Limley. Nancy, in the pre-dawn hours of Friday, the reputed gang member Ernesto Godinez, he slipped out of the back of the yard's home. This is the area in which he lives in Chicago. He cut through a gangway about a block away from where undercover federal agents were working a gang investigation. Now, thankfully, whoa, whoa, surveillance whoa. Back it up, back it up. With me, John Limley, Crime Online investigative reporter. It's the Almighty Saints. That's the gang we're talking about. And they are brutal brutal they will gun you down just as soon as look at you john limley these gangs have been plaguing chicago for so many years and in this part of chicago it's it's their domain so what i understand is surveillance cameras that were set up for another matter another matter uh captured the shooter entering an alley just literally moments, not even minutes, moments before seven shots rang out. I mean, you know, Karen Smith with me, forensics expert, along with Dr. Tiffany Sanders, well-known Chicago psychologist. Karen, when you're in law enforcement, I, 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 all those years that I prosecuted tromping through housing projects, very often all by myself with nothing in my hand but a, a subpoena to deliver to somebody or a beat up old Polaroid county issue camera to take crime scene photos. I guess you go into it every day knowing you could take a bullet, knowing you could be shot at, I, I, I guess. I knew it. In fact, I remember one episode, Karen where my investigator and I, broad daylight, knocking on a door, trying to find a witness. It was really bright outside, and the people had a screen door, an old dark screen door, fully screened door, which is very common in the South, over their regular door, and you couldn't see through it. And it, it was in the shade, and I was in the bright sunlight, and all of a sudden, I see a barrel coming out of the door right at our faces and my investigator and I he grabbed me we dove off the porch dove into the bushes okay and I guess I recount it now anecdotally but I really didn't think about it when I would get ready to go out on the street or work a case I didn't really think about the fact that I I could meet with danger and now this ATF agent like so many other cops goes to work that evening and he gets shot by a gang member what about it karen i recall moments like that as well nancy and you know when you put on the uniform especially atf i mean alcohol tobacco firearms just the title of of their job elicits danger and even more so than a beat cop and and that's what i was was just a beat cop and 
And I remember going into certain neighborhoods and just having my guard up, knowing full well that it was a dangerous area. So these guys were not complacent. They weren't, you know, not getting each other's backs. It was just a quick happenstance. They didn't see it coming. This gang member decided it was in his interest to off these this ATF agent and shoot him in the face. And that's part of the oh, inherent danger. Oh, 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 just the way we're even saying that, shoot him in the face. Well, once again, I've gotten ahead of myself. I'm putting the cart before the horse, John Limley. Back to you. So the surveillance cameras are set up and for another matter, and they happen to catch this almighty saint gang member. And what do they see? Well, and the, the sad thing was is at the moment they were actually working on a, a device that they were using. Their, their attention wasn't even uh, in the direction that Gonides, uh, Ernesto Gonides, uh was coming from. Let me ask you this, John Lumley. Isn't it true that the agent and his whole team were looking down because they were changing batteries in a car tracking device at that moment. They were all looking down, and at that moment, it was about 3.15 a.m., which I believe is truly the witching hour. I don't think it's 12. I agree with the little girl in BFG, Big Friendly Giant. The witching hour is 3 a.m. I'm convinced of it. I had so many. Laugh if you want, people. Go ahead, Karen, forensics expert, Dr. Tiffany, Shrink, John Limley. Go ahead, Alan Duke. I know you're laughing into your hand out there in your posh penthouse pad in L.A. Jackie's saying yes. There's something about the 3 a.m. time. I had so many murders. Crimes. And I know I'm supposed to be the just the facts man, but I've heard all my life that 315 uh, has some sort of spooky significance. Okay, we're getting all voodoo. We've got to <laughs> stop. People will mock us, but we all know it's true. Okay, so they're all looking down, and the guy opens up a hail of bullets. Go ahead. And as the uh, officers immediately start scrambling uh, after the agent, one agent has been hit in the face, uh, officers oh, call for... Oh, that just hurts me. Oh. Officers call uh, dispatch for backup. Uh, the suspect runs back to his house, which is just right there uh, near the scene of the shooting, before he hops into a vehicle and drives off. And they've got most of it, or some of it, on surveillance video, but it's very grainy and it's very dark. Just FYI, Dr. Tiffany Sanders joining us from Chicago. This is your backyard. It's Chicago, back of the yards neighborhood. And the this gang, the Almighty Saints, are about 60-year-old. They're a 60-year-old street gang. That's how long they have been a parasite on Chicago. So what does Chicago have to say to this, Dr. Tiffany? It's taken them 60 years and they can't get rid of the Almighty Saints. Yeah, Nancy, this is really, you know, such a sad situation. Uh, An ATF agent doing their job 3 a.m. in the morning, unsuspecting, and this man takes an opportunity, uh, a sucker opportunity, to shoot uh, uh, a pretty much uh, unarmed agent at that moment. Uh, a defenseless agent, rather. And and when you think about our community being uh, terrorized by these parasites, is quite frustrating because you don't want to take your children outside. You don't want to play on the streets because you don't know when a random bullet from some stupid gang member who's fighting someone and they cannot shoot because they never hit their targets. They always seem to hit some random child. It's just very uh, disheartening to hear and read these stories on a weekly basis in the news. And unfortunately, Chicago has not done the best of job in trying to uh, get at these uh, gang members. And unfortunately, also, the residents don't turn each other in. They know who's doing the bad things, and they're raising these parasites, and they don't want to do anything about it. Listen to this. Despite $61,000 in reward money and impassioned pleas from police and public officials for community assistance, law enforcement sources tell the I-Team there were no tips offered by neighborhood residents in the ATF shooting, seen as an indication of the grip the almighty Saints gang has on residents. Well, I had a lot of gang prosecutions in this inner city Atlanta, but when the almighty Saints came on my radar was the late 90s when a 12-year-old saint, almighty saint, member 
went through, quote, initiation and gunned down two rival gang members that were about uh, 14. That's when I first heard the name Almighty Saint. And at that time, I was in the middle of um, a case that was later tried called Doom. It was the Doom Gang. And there were a lot of murders and a lot of shootings. I had a shooting, an aggravated assault case that was a Doom member, and they would, like, torture the person first. And I started working with the gang squad, as it was at the time, and I heard about the Almighty Saints in Chicago. Um, It's the new mob. It's a street mob, the new mafia, and they run all of... It's like organized crime. They run all the crime within their turf. Drugs, prostitution, theft, larceny, everything. Evil. And the people that live in that area are subject to a bunch of thugs rule. John Limley. So they shoot the ATF agent. They take off. The surveillance is very gritty. It's at night, but it turns out this guy, um, Godinez, and his brother Rodrigo are the leaders of the Almighty Saints, and they can both rot in H-E-double-L as far as I'm concerned. So a takedown occurs. Tell me what happened. This is an interesting point. While surveillance footage places Godinez near the spot where the shots were fired, the criminal complaint does not allege he was actually seen firing the gun. Also, which has investigators scratching is why in the world Godinez opened fire or whether he knew he was even firing at agents. Because, see, these guys were in plain clothes while uh, were setting up for uh, their own task force in the uh, the neighborhood where he lived. Long story short, an arrest has gone down. What do we know about these guys and, and how exactly were they caught, John Limley? Well, records show that both brothers have some extensive criminal histories. It was Ernesto um, and his brother Rodrigo. Uh, they were charged in 2011 with the attempted murder for uh, a shooting uh, in that same neighborhood, then picked up uh, on a separate charge of aggravated unlawful use of a weapon for an incident in March 2012 while he was on bond. Uh, he ended up resolving both cases a couple of years ago by pleading guilty to aggravated discharge of a firearm and aggravated unlawful use of a weapon. Uh, so he has been on the the radar screen for investigation investigators for quite some time. Listen to this. Ernie Godinez, cuffed and in custody. A prearranged surrender for the man prosecutors say shot an undercover federal agent last Friday. Sources say Godinez turned himself in with his lawyer in a parking lot behind the 1st District Police Station yesterday. Two different surveillance cameras captured Godinez in the area, and at least three cameras captured what happened during the shooting. Godinez is seen on video leaving his home, heading down an alley. They claim Godinez is seen leaving his home shortly after 3 in the morning and walking to an area where shell casings were later found. Video also allegedly shows Godinez running back toward his nearby home right after shots were fired. The complaint says ATF agents were in the neighborhood to place a tracking device on a suspect's vehicle. I know this. In the past days, 84 people were shot in Chicago. 84. And that includes, I think it was, nine homicides. What in the hay is going on? Is because the weather gets warm? I mean, Karen Smith, I know people scoff at that, but there's a clear increase in violent crime when weather gets warm. Why? That has been a conundrum that police have worked with forever. You've got the full moon, you know, thing. You've got the warm weather thing. But it is a fact. Crime spikes when spring hits. And, you know, to have nine murders and how many shootings? 80-some? 84. That's insane. They have got to get a grip on this somehow. 
some way. What do we know about where they're being held? Are they both behind bars? I mean, if you could see this mugshot, this guy's got such a smirk on his face. I just want to wipe it off. It's Ernesto Godinez charged with shooting an ATF agent. In this past week, the agent shot while working with Chicago police in the back of the yards area, a reputed gang member, Ernesto Godinez, snuck out of his home in the early morning darkness, cuts through an alley about a block from where federal agents were working on a gang investigation. And because of that, he's caught on surveillance video. But here's the kicker. I don't know how good that surveillance video is at night. I don't know what they captured. So the state is not going to be able to rely on that. They're going to have to come up with a weapon. They're going to have to come up with testimony. And it is not easy to crack a gang member and make them talk. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. All we can do now is pray for the ATF agent and his family. Goodbye, friend. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible, Lisa Mattress. Tired of tossing and turning because you sleep hot? Look no further than Lisa's chill collection. You can say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. For a limited time, save up to $460 on a chill collection mattress and get two pillows free. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l e e s a dot com forward slash Nancy.